Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Hey, good morning. Uh, This is Jeff Johnson, the host of the Local Leaders Podcast, and we are excited today to have some South Carolinians um, over here with us from Charleston. We've got Connor and Dan Sullivan, who have joined us today from Bumpus. And welcome to the show, guys, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We we are thrilled. It's, uh, you know, being a North Carolina boy, South Carolina is not too far away, and I have, have definitely been into your city uh, in Charleston and look forward to getting back soon and actually coming in and having lunch or dinner with you guys. So I guess I'll, I want to open up the show and give you a chance to just kind of share your story and tell us a little bit about um, the business and what it's all about. Sure. Um, uh, Connor can fill in the blanks uh, where I take a misstep, but uh, basically it just started with the two of us. Um, we were both in the corporate world. Um, we weren't necessarily feeling fulfilled uh, with those careers and those the trajectories of those careers. And we always wanted to do something together and do something for ourselves and really create a true family business. And um, we started coming up with this idea for this bar. Uh, we named it after our grandfather, Bumpa. Uh, that's what we used to call him. And uh, over the years, we just started adding more and more to it. Um, and then about uh, three, four years ago, we started getting very serious about the concept and uh, moved down here and really got started. Yeah, it quickly went from um, something we talk about, you know, at family vacations, you know, Christmas uh, and Thanksgiving. And uh, we just decided this, this was the year. We put the pedal to the metal, uh, got a business plan in place, uh, got our capital together. And uh, within another year, we were, we were doing this full time. Wow. And, and where, where did you guys move in from? Um, we originally, we grew up in Pittsburgh um, and I, me and my family have been there uh, for a very long time. So uh, we were leaving truly what we considered home. Um, but coming down here, our parents have lived down here for a while. Uh, Connor and I have been vacationing down here for a long time since we were little kids. Our first summer jobs were down here. Um, so it really felt like a as, as natural transition as it could be and connor's been all over the country really yeah moved around uh like dan said we were both from uh, the corporate space uh, i was in uh, sales so i got moved around a lot um spent time in chicago and most recently in new york uh where uh, my wife and i met and uh yeah so she's a southern girl herself so she wanted to come back down and uh this seemed to be a pretty good excuse for that well, we're, we're glad you guys are here, and, and I understand you're in a, um, an old converted warehouse. What, what, is, what was it I saw on the website, 150-year-old warehouse or something Deleased. to that extent? <laughs> Maybe 350, yeah. Uh, that's actually more accurate. Yeah, as far as we can tell, it's about 300, 350 years old, possibly older, but that's just as far back as our amateur uh, record keeper, which is uh, my brother's wife, uh, can tell. 
But uh, yes, this is an old uh, cotton and uh, phosphate warehouse, uh, again, as far as we can tell. And uh, yeah, the pier used to come right up to our, our building here and uh, ships would offload, upload and uh, ship right back out again. So it's, it's a really cool piece of history. If you've ever seen old pictures of uh, or paintings of what the, the waterfront at Charleston used to look like and, you know, the customs houses would be right on the water. We're our back door is right in line with those. So uh, ships would have just come in and and picked up or dropped off. And and uh, it, it really is a special building. It's a lot of little fun pieces of, of the history that we were able to preserve. Um, we keep the the brick you see behind us is all original. The ceiling, uh, when you come in, that's all original. And uh, you can even see the office door. It's all bricked up now, but uh, there's, you can see, see the doorway that would have led into the offices that ran the warehouse. Uh, so it really is a, it's a bar that lives inside uh, an authentic piece of Charleston history. It, it, that being said, it took a little while to bring that all back out again. Uh, the, the brick you see behind us is painted over. Uh, the ceiling Dan was talking about was all covered up by a drop ceiling. So we, we knew we had our, our work cut out for us once we hit uh, our construction phase, but we knew we wanted to just bring out what was already here. It took oh. us, oh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, it took us about okay. two two full years to do the to do the build out once uh, once we had purchased the building. Well, that, yeah, that's where I was going with that. I, I didn't really prep you and, and tell you I was gonna ask about it, but um, just in, in seeing the backdrop and seeing that, that wonderful brick, and I just can imagine how beautiful it is there and the, the views and the food and, um, you know, I'm sure it's a great experience for your customers. And if you look at the, uh, the reviews out there, you'll see that, that it is, uh, yeah. great, great reviews. And, um, if you haven't had the chance to get, get, uh, over to Bumpus, you need to get down there to Charleston, South Carolina and, uh, and visit these guys and, and enjoy some time with them. Um, and it's a beautiful city as well. Um, uh, very, very quaint, very, uh, very neat, different. Um, yeah, I, I love it down there, but like I said, it's been a bit since I was, I was in, but I wanted to back up and I wanted to ask you about that, that build out piece. Did you expect a two year build out or did you run into all kinds <laughs> of things along the way? We're both ready to, yeah, we're both ready to jump on this one. No, uh, we were way over budget and way over, over our timeline. Um, when, uh, when we first moved down here. Uh, to like Connor said, to really start the ball rolling on the project. Um, it took us about a full year to find the right space. Um, so we had that to contend with. Um, and we knew nothing was really going to start until we had the perfect building for our concept. Um, so Connor and I, I think it was actually Connor got the listing in an email um, the first day that our building uh, was put on the market and he called me right away. He said, I think I know this building. I think you need to get down there today and, and take a look at it. Um, Cause I, I was, I was kind of down here doing the shopping. Mm -hmm. So we came down with the, with the brokers. Uh, they were pretty sure that it wasn't for sale, but it ended up, uh, you know, Connor had read everything correctly and uh, we got in uh, Connor flew down right away to take a look at it. And I think together, we, we knew this was the right spot. Um, yeah. And, yeah. We, we were looking in every neighborhood in, in Charleston. Uh, we never would have expected that we would wind up this far downtown. We, we just figured it, everything would have been outside of our price range. So mm -hmm. while we were excited to see this on the market, 
again, we understood that we we would have a longer road ahead of us than we had initially planned. That the build out was going to be really more of a renovation, honestly, than than a true build out. It had been a restaurant before, uh, but it, it needed a lot of love. So uh, we got a great deal on it. But again, understanding that we were going to have to roll up our sleeves and, and go to work. It was it was almost the furthest thing from a turnkey that we could we could get. <laughs> even though it, it, yeah, it had been a restaurant in the past, as Connor said, but we, when we saw what needed to be done, it became clear it was going to have to go down to a totally empty shell uh, to accomplish the, the quality that we were looking for. Um, you know, we didn't want to just move in. We wanted to put our stamp on it, make it our own, make it special. Um, you know, this, this is what we were going to be dedicating our lives to. We didn't want to cut any corners. So uh, it, it, we, we did everything down to the plumbing. We took the floor out. It was dirt floors and a ceiling for, for a wow. while. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, two years later, uh, a lot of meetings with the city. Yeah. yeah about uh, zoning of, uh, and permits and everything else. Permits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you said, it, Charleston does have kind of a quaint feeling yeah. that's very well curated uh, by the city. So I, you know, decisions like where our grease trap uh, can and should go is allowed to go. Uh, the the material of our roof, you know, these were all huge dollar decisions uh, that we had to make, and sometimes very quickly to keep the project going. Especially considering, on top of just building a what what is basically a brand new restaurant from the bottom up, um, we had to contend with the fact that this was a historical building, and there were a lot of. Uh, hoops to jump through to make sure that the integrity of that was protected as well um, from the city standpoint. Uh, they, they wanted to make sure that anything that had a historical background to it was not only improved upon, but also preserved to look the way it did uh, in the in the 1800s. So right. uh, we, we kind of had both ends sort of trying to meet in the middle and, and trying to create at the same time, trying to create something great for the city. Uh, that, that was always uh, Connor and I's goal was not just to make something for ourselves, but to to give back to a beautiful city and, and create something worthwhile. And, and um, I think we've accomplished that. Were there, um, it just reminded me of, of a, a project I'm, I'm aware of that was uh, up in uh, Virginia. So were you guys, since it's a historic building, were you able to, were there, are there in South Carolina any historical tax credits, any of that kind of thing that y'all had to, to learn about and dig into and, and were able to take advantage of? If, if, if there are, I, I, we don't know much about them. I, okay. I think it's, it's more of a um, expectation um, then it is a, uh, a privilege, if that makes sense. Uh, if you want to play down here, I, I think you just have to be ready to contend with, again, a lot of those expectations, a lot of those requirements uh, that Dan was just talking about. Uh, on the flip side of that coin, um, there is a lot of payback at the end of it, not maybe insofar as uh, uh, like a, a tax recognition, but certainly in terms of, uh, you know, Accolades from the Historic Society of Charleston. Uh, people do appreciate, you know, the hard work once it's done. Mm -hmm. yeah. It might gripe in the middle of it, but uh, once you get across the finish line, yeah, mm -hmm. we, we got a lot of great press. Uh, you know, the city was very forthcoming, uh, very, uh, you know, effusive in their praise. So we, you know, that 
that was a big reward and got us a lot of great press, which again, I, I think really, you know, paid back in dividends. Yeah, that, that definitely went a long way. And um, something that uh, citizens of Charleston uh, recognize is uh, the Carolopolis Award, which is given by the Preservation Society every year uh, for certain projects that beautify the city, protect the, protect the legacy of the building. Um, we were the only project in 2020 to win the Carolopolis Award for both exterior and interior preservation. Um, we did not realize at the time, we, we'd seen those medallions, they, they, they kind of put them outside of the buildings uh, mm -hmm. when they uh, announced a winner. We did not realize that it was as hard to get as it was. Uh, I, I thought, you know, anything that sort of just did kind its of, job in preserving, yeah, yeah it was sort of lumped in. But it, it is a uh, much more prestigious award than, than, than we realized. And for Connor and I, that was a, a great honor and, and a real validation for us for the literally years of, of work that we did to, to get the building where it is now. Right, right. Well, that's, that's a great story. And, and, you know, for all of our listeners who are on that precipice right now about to, about to jump into a new project, you know, launch a new restaurant, um, looking for locations, maybe, maybe they're just getting, getting started. Um, a lot of things to think about uh, when you're, when you're selecting your site. Um, and I liked what you said earlier was that, um, I think I wrote that one down over here, was you were trying to find the perfect building for the concept. And um, that's not easy to do, but very important. Sure. Yeah, uh, like I said, it took us it took us a year to find this. And but don't worry, we kept our day jobs uh, yeah. <laughs> during, during this process. Yeah, <laughs> we um, had to have something uh, keep the lights on. But yeah, yeah, I, I, it took us a year to do that. And then, you know, we, all, always in the front of our mind was the fact that if this wasn't perfect, and, and this is our first time doing this, you know, we're, we're putting a lot on the line. Um, so it really had to start with the quote unquote perfect building. And, and, and I, I say that uh, facetiously, you're never going to find a hundred percent right fit, but right. you got to find something that speaks to you. Um, something that has character, something that reflects your concept and you as, as, as a business owner. And uh, I think we're really, really lucky that we found this. That's awesome. Well, that's a, that's a great story. And, and um Great advice for, you know, like I said, any of our listeners who are, are just on the, the edge of, of starting a new project. So you, you got the building, you went through all the, the challenges associated with renovating in an, with an historical building on top of just the normal um, challenges that you would face in, in renovation. Um, you got opened up. What, you know, was, was there, had there been any surprising challenges since you opened that you hadn't necessarily foreseen outside of COVID, um, and we might come come back around that. But but and and if that if that's not an answerable question, maybe just talk a little bit about some of the some of the challenges you've run into since you got open. Yeah, I, I well that, that's a really interesting question. So um, you know we did open uh, last June. That's 2020. So. It was very much at, at the height of COVID. Our, our, um, our opening was delayed several months as a result. Uh, so it, it, it's hard to, the, the, the two are kind of inextricably linked. It's, just, it's really hard to detach them. But, um, you know, we, we definitely had challenges going into it pre-COVID. 
And then there were the challenges that we had to deal with at opening. And then those challenges just evolved, right? As we were open and as even COVID evolved. So I mean, going into it, like Dan said, um, you know, we both have corporate backgrounds. You know, while we've both had F and B jobs throughout the years, you know, we certainly never owned a restaurant or built one. So the inexperience was was huge uh, going into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we we learned very quickly that we were going into uh, unprecedented times too. Uh, you know, great anxiety going in in the best of times, creating a restaurant. But you know, we had to. We had to open knowing that we were playing with COVID too. So, right. um, you know, fortunately, you know, we, we did have a lot of strong capital going into this. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, Dan and I, you know, put up a lot of our own uh, to see this thing through. Uh, we thought about even waiting COVID out, uh, but we, you know, figured we were going to run out of money pretty quickly. <laughs> so while we, while we had our war chests, uh, you know, we knew it was, uh, you know, June of last year and never. So, uh, you know, we had to go in uh, just with, you know, the limited knowledge, what we had and uh, knowing that we were going into untested waters. But, you know, I, I, I think we I think we reacted very quickly and were able to uh, you know, basically play the cards were dealt, for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, yeah, um, that's perfectly said. Uh, the, the inexperience was going to be a challenge in a city like Charleston, which is considered a food, you know, haven. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's definitely a place known for great restaurants, great bars. Um, so in the best of times, this would have been a huge challenge for two people starting their first their first business. Um, but one of one of the first decisions Connor and I had to make when we put off our, our, our initial opening date was we, we had assembled a really great management team. We had uh, our chefs in place. We had uh, bar manager, GM. Um, so we had, we had hand selected the team that we were going to open this business with and fully intending that this would be the team going forward in the future. Um, and, you know, not patting ourselves on the back, but, to be able to uh, provide a living for these guys and, and women um, during the pandemic before we were even selling anything mm-hmm. is, is a great point of pride for us. I think uh, we were able to stick together. We had our homework to do. Um, and we knew that if we could connect all the dots and keep this management team together, we could hit the ground running when we did open. And really at the first uh, reasonable and safe opportunity, that's when we did. Um, yeah, and uh, we, we owe a lot of thanks to programs like uh, the Payment Protection Program and uh, the Restaurant uh, Revitalization Act Program up down the road. But, um, you know, programs like that really facilitated our being able to take care of our people uh, when we were shut down and uh you know helped us really get open and, and get our feet on the ground and you know get going at full speed but um yeah as we were saying we, we did successfully open obviously uh but yeah the changes challenges definitely changed uh you know as as we went through 2020 and even into 2021 uh, as the markets started opening back up and the tourists started coming back out it was it was a completely different restaurant uh we had to solve for different challenges uh 
staffing, uh, the supply chain uh, crisis that we're still going through. Completely different variables than uh, even a year ago at opening. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in all of that, but uh, that's kind of the the broad strokes. Yeah, talking about adaptability, you've uh, you've really had to adapt and and uh, swerve and groove a whole lot to to keep the business going. And, and you know those are those are two industry challenges that that you know I don't know that any of us um, can solve, especially you know in in this you know between us. Uh, in a short period of time, but staffing has been a major challenge and um, supply chain is, is definitely with shortages and prices, um, sure. you know, totally impacting our, our restaurant owners. Um, on the staffing side, have, have you guys had had to cl- short, shorten your hours or close addition, you know, days other than you had planned? Yeah, so when we first opened, uh, lunch was not part of the uh, the original plan. Um, we were going to eventually open for lunch, um, but the idea was to really solidify our, solidify our place as a bar. Uh, so the, the original hours were going to be four to midnight or four to two a.m. Um, state of South Carolina prohibited the sale of alcohol past eleven p.m. So that facilitated the switch. Um, like you said, we we adapted. Uh, we opened for lunch right away. Um, we had to staff up for that. Um, as a result, I I really believe we've started making a really great name for ourselves as a great lunch spot, and now it's one of our busiest uh, really? busiest revenue parts of the of the day. It's it's our lunches are doing great, um, and luckily we've staffed up to a point where we have been able to resume those those original hours as well. So we're open all day now, um, and. Yeah, we're having a blast. We had to we had to staff up for that once yep. we were allowed to stay open for late night. So that was a hurdle. We had to hire more people, and then um, again, once once the crowds came back, we're, we're kind of calling it mid March or St. Patty's Day to be frank was was really our first big kind of blowout week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we realized we had to staff up again. So it's not that we were uh, understaffed at the beginning. It's that we realized if we want to continue to make customer service a real tentpole of our brand, we have to have the bodies to get that done. So it, it took a while, but uh, since March, we've, we've really just built up an all-star team, you know, week after week, almost day after day. And um, actually, as of yesterday, we're, we're fully staffed. Um, oh, wow. Which we're, which we're, which we're thrilled about. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, everyone here... Everyone here is really dedicated. We have an amazing team. Uh, everyone wa- watches for each other and uh, has each other's back. So regardless of what, whatever really came our way, someone would pivot to, to you know, make the block or whatever had to happen. But now it's getting easier for everybody as, as we get more talented people on board, which has been really rewarding to see come together. You know, one of our, one of our goals is, as owners is to create um, you know, again, I'll use the air quotes, but uh, to create the, we want to be the best employer in Charleston. Uh, we're not a big place, but we want to take care of our people. We want to give them uh, personal ownership of, of this business. You know, we want them to feel like it's theirs, that this is where they not just come to work, but come to, uh, you know, enjoy their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that philosophy has really led to great retention for us. Um, with our workforce, it's led to happier workers, and it's led to people 
more than willing to, like Connor said, make a sacrifice or go the extra mile um, to keep keep the wheels going, even when, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Our, our kitchen staff in particular pulls crazy long hours for us, but um, they know that there's brighter times ahead. And like Connor said, we've, we've crossed the line now where we're fully staffed. And yeah. uh, it feels good to say that. And uh, our head chef is very happy about that. As well. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. I would, I would bet. Well, you said something that, that we've talked about, I've talked about with a number of owners uh, over the past uh, month or two as, as we started, um, started our show. Um, and, and that is one of the things you said, Dan, was give people personal ownership in the, in the business. Um, and I say that about my business, you know, I want people to feel the same way I do about it and, and to have that, that just sense of ownership that I'm responsible. I got to make it happen. Uh, how do you how do you get people to take that ownership? What do you guys any way you can share a specific or two? Of yeah, how that's um, happening. Off the top of my head, um, again, I'm not patting ourselves in the back here, but uh, I think it's important for our folks to see that Connor and I are willing to do everything alongside them at all times, and and. You know, we, we don't see it as an us and them endeavor, uh, especially when we're busy at Saturday lunchtime. Um, it's all one team. It's not front of house, back of house. It's all one group. And uh, Connor and I will jump in the dish pit. We will jump behind the bar. We will clear tables. We will run food. We'll take orders. We'll do whatever is necessary. And I think um, when our our folks see us doing that and, and seeing that coming from the top, so to speak. I think that carries a lot of weight. Uh, we're willing to do anything that we're asking them to do. Um, yeah. Uh, aside from maybe making uh, great food, yeah. <laughs> uh, not capable of doing the technical uh, aspects. Any, of any, yeah, any, anything else we're, we're, we're willing to do and, 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 and did for, for a long time. Again, it's rewarding to be able to kind of step back and, see that work being done. But yeah, I, I think Dan's right. Um, you know, being in the trenches, I mean, I can't not say it. it's kind of like a band of you know brothers and, and sisters kind of banding together and, and getting through the day. And, uh, you know, that's, that's rewarding. Um, and again, we, we just, we try to be really fair with how we deal with everybody. Um, uh, we try to be very supportive and we try to be really transparent too, from, uh, from a business perspective, right? Cause you know, the, the buck stops here and, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, really open with anybody that cares to ask, you know, how the business is doing. So kind of soup to nuts and we, we try to be as open as possible. Yeah. And we, you know, we want to make sure that everyone knows quality of life is important to us. Uh, their quality of life is important to us. So when things arise, uh, we've got people Everybody's got families, especially now with with COVID coming, going, coming back again. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure our folks understand if they need something, we're going to make it work for them. If if they need some time off or whatever the case may be, um, that's that's something we want to be able to create for them. Um, and when they know that that's a possibility, or, or they don't have to be worried about asking us for for something outside the norm a little bit. Um, I think that carries a lot of weight as well. Uh, we, we, we call it, 
we, we tend to call this a family and it's, it's hard not to when we're spending more time with these folks than sometimes we do at our own homes. So um, it's nice to be able to create that feeling for our employees. Well, I I think, you know, from what you shared, it's, it's really a testament to you guys as leadership to be able to, um, to engage your, your people and your staff the way that you have been in order to, to get them to take that same sense of ownership, same sense of pride, same worth that work ethic, you know, that you guys have. Um, you know, I think that's a great example of, of great leadership, uh, being in the trenches and, um, you know, ensuring that, that their employees are engaged. And of course, that's going to end up being a, um, uh, creating a great customer experience for your guests who are, uh, who are coming to the establishment. Um, and again, uh, look at Google reviews and all those kind of things, and you'll see that that everybody's happy. They love the place, and uh, and that's what it's all about is is giving guests that that experience. Absolutely. So let me ask you this: I'm just curious about kind of you guys, uh, and I, I didn't say it early on, but in case anybody missed it, these are brothers, and they're not they're not physically killing each other uh, as we sit here and talk and as they work each day. They probably did when they were young, I'm guessing, because that's what we boys do. Um, Do you guys kind of separate your, do you both have your own role in the business? And if so, what does each of you do? Or do y'all cross into each other's territories very often? Yeah. So there's some things that we, uh, we separate, um, Connor is, uh, I'm going to embarrass him, but uh, Connor's just got a fantastic business mind. Um, great with finances. Um, so, you know, that, that's a world that I am very happy to uh, let him take care of. Um, and uh, so, so we kind of joke that he's the CFO and I'm, I'm, I'm operations. I, you know, I like being on site and mm-hmm. uh, talking to tables, talking to, talking to people. And, you know, it's, it's not as fine a line as that. Uh, we communicate great. We see each other every day. Um, so um, most of it does fall in the middle, but yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, business strategy and, and finances, uh, Connor's, Connor's definitely the the mind on that one, and and I am very thankful that he is because he's, he's he's great at it. Well, there's there's a flip side to that coin, right? Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, we, we we both learned how to how to run you know a business. Uh, you know, being a, a cog in the corporate wheels or machine rather is is one thing. B- building one yourself is is quite another. Uh, happy to do that, uh, but Dan takes uh, a real heavy load on you know, be in that first face you see, you know, when you walk into Bumpas, uh, hearing those words, welcome to Bumpas, making sure they're sat comfortably. Uh, I was a sales guy. I always said my whole life, I think Dan would be a better sales guy than me. And I think he's proving it now. He's just, uh, he's a presence. And um, yeah, I think Dan's really become, you know, a, a figurehead and in, in the face of the organization. And uh it's, it's been really awesome kind of seeing this. And, you know, this is not something we put on paper, like, a, you know, the diagram of like, yeah. Right. Dan's yeah, right. Well, well, that's kind of a soft rule, maybe. Uh, and again, there's tons of bleed. It, these are roles that it's sort of organically uh, uh, 
kind of figured themselves out. So uh, it's it's kind of funny to, and again, I'd say sort of satisfying to see that kind of coalesce. Yeah, and to to sort of put an umbrella on top of everything, uh, to be able to work together and to do it uh, so seamlessly, it's been uh, the joy of of my life in terms of my working career. Um, to, to actually accomplish this and to do this with my brother. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything else and, and I'm sure he would say the same thing. So, um, yeah, not, we're just, we're not having a great time. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're having a great time. He's the bigger it's, brother, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to watch it, Connor. Don't, don't that's get on the wrong side. Right. <laughs> I, I understand. He's, he's not a small, he's not a small man. What's that? Um, well, it's, uh, you know, that's awesome. And it's, it's, uh, it's great to hear that that you know family can come together and work and 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 we see that with you know a lot of a lot of our business owners that, that we talk to you know some are are independent they're the you know the the one leader at the top uh, many others you know have partners and um, you know it's it's helpful to think strategically when you're when you're getting started and, and making sure that you bring in partners that complement you and uh, and and can you know, have other, um, have other things that they're good at or best at that will complement, you know, what you're good at because owning the whole load is, is a heavy, heavy burden. And, you know, being able to split that up and share it uh, certainly can, can help and, and certainly helps with the work-life balance as well. Um, so, so you guys look like y'all have a great partnership and it's, it's working out, um, very well for you. And, um, you know, as we as we come, I guess toward toward the latter part of the the show today, um, we talked about challenges, and you guys shared quite a bit um, there. We talked we talked about leadership, we talked about engaging employees, um, and and things such as that. One last area or question I always like to ask, and, and I'm and I think it's just me, but I think our audience enjoys it. I like to know kind of how you guys gauge the success. Of, of the business, you know, on a, whether it's a day-to-day basis or week-to-week or month-to-month, are you looking that I was, I was going to ask <laughs> the, the financial guy is like, uh, the, the ratios of, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I figured you were looking at the bottom lines and, and margins and all that kind of good stuff. Um, how do you watch it every day? I'm sure you kind of probably does. Hey, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, we lost, we lost you there for a moment. That's okay. I just got a message that I had an unstable internet all of a sudden. So hopefully it's cleared back up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes, it's it's crystal. So yeah, we okay. how do we determine success? Um yeah, I was curious. Well, I was just curious if of course you said profitability and and I and I know that the number crunching and all that's probably the Connor piece and and he's he's in his Excel spreadsheet, you know, looking at looking at everything. Do you look at it? Are you watching sales and profitability daily, or is, are you looking at a longer term kind of thing? How do you, yeah, how do you we, determine if you're successful? We we kind of look at it on a micro and a macro level. Um, we try to have a monthly meeting, um, the two of us, uh, to sort of look at the business as a whole, um, make some projections, and kind of can tell you more about that, but we also have a great POS system that can give us uh, sales in, in real time. And we're able to see based on the hour, you know, are we doing well or are we doing, um, is this a slow day? Right. Um, so yeah, we measure it that way. And, you know, we, 
we measure it on, you know, how the staff is doing, how they're feeling. Uh, we want to make sure the day isn't too taxing on them and try to keep them bolstered and buoyant and keep the attitudes uh, as, as good as they can be. And um, so there's, there's a bunch of different ways that I, I see a successful day, but um, yeah, the being able to see the numbers in real time and, and to have a good understanding of those is invaluable. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, I, I think there's a certain degree of you're only as strong as your weakest link is at play on, on the, on the daily basis. If, if one server bartender is having a bad day, that can affect sales for an entire day, which affects the week and the month, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, we, we measure sales on a daily basis. I'm sure every organization does, but, you know, studying, uh, you know, week over week, you know, how, how Tuesdays have been performing versus Wednesdays. And we find that very important. You know, if you find a soft spot, you know, we, we try to fortify it as much as we can. Uh, but yeah, as, as Dan said, we, we try to kind of hold ourselves accountable um, uh, on a weekly and monthly basis. But, you know, we also kind of have a, uh, what I'll call board of directors uh, that we're still beholden to. Uh, so, you know, it, it's very important uh, you know, to us, uh, to report transparently kind of up the ladder, mm-hmm. uh, but also, you know, just from a tax perspective too, again, this is our first rodeo. So we're, we're, we're very much self-taught when it comes to a lot of this. Uh, so, you know, we, we need to keep our accounting as, as clean as possible. And the more organized we are, the more successful we seem to become, uh, the more we can understand what, what needs to change and what's working. Yeah, well, that's good. It's, it's like you've got a you've got a good mix of um, of metrics, you know, and performance metrics and uh, financial metrics that that you're watching, along with um, you know Dan being being the operational guy. He's in the trenches, and and he right. can he can bring that perspective as well. And and actually, probably is key to implementing. You know, Connor will see it on the financials. Hey, here's a soft spot. What are we gonna do about this, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pass the buck. Yeah, that's perfect. It's me uh, fine, and we, and we work it out uh, yeah. between the two of us. But yeah, I mean, there's tangibles and then there's intangibles, and we try to uh, keep a barometer on both of those. Um, obviously, the the weekly meetings too. Yeah, I was just, I was going to say we've we've surrounded ourselves with a management team that knows a lot more about this business than we did at least starting out. Um, so we have a weekly management meeting with uh, those guys. Um, we love hearing their thoughts, their concerns, their pain points, their successes. Um, you know, as Connor mentioned before, we're, we're at a point now where, you know, we don't have to, we're not required to be here all day, every day. Um, right. We are able to step away, find some time for ourselves now. Um, and we've left, uh, we've left the business in great hands and, um, people that we trust. So that weekly management meeting is our our touch point for everybody that we get to sit down and figure out what those intangibles are, what the problems are, and how we can fix them and address the future. I, I think that's a great piece of advice for um, for our listeners. If if you don't have, you know, if you don't literally have a board of directors that you're reporting to, there's no reason why you can't have a board of advisors associated with your business. Um, Very well. And, and yeah, and, and bring those bring those people in, set up a weekly or at least a monthly um, review and, and get that input because there's you know nothing better than having a, um, a room full of mentors 
who have your best interests at heart and the experience and, um, and the knowledge to be able to help. And people are willing to do this. Um, all you got to do yeah. is ask, you know, so it's, it's, it's awesome. And you guys are terrific. Um, uh, I love your story. I love um, what you're doing. I, you know, I'm so, um, so glad for the success that you've had having, you know, really just, you know, come up in COVID. I mean, that was, that was, <laughs> that was the whole deal. Um, yeah. and, and the agility that you've been able to show and, and the pivots that you've had to make. Um, we'll had a little feedback there, but the, you know, the agility and pivots have just been extraordinary and, um, great, great place, great guys. And for all our listeners, again, if you're in the Charleston area, uh, be sure to check out Bumpus, um, down in downtown Charleston and, uh, go see Dan. He'll greet you at the door. And if he doesn't, um, he might come by the table uh to to hang out with you but yeah go see these guys and, and give me the website address while we're on here and um anything else you, that you want to share or any final thoughts you guys might have uh yeah um you know come see us at five cumberland street uh, again we're, we're right downtown charleston uh right by waterfront park our website is bumpas b-u-m-p-a-s hyphen c-h-s as in charleston.com follow us on instagram Yep. Uh, was underscore, underscore CHS. CHS. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on down and see us, Jeff. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you soon. Uh, come on down, bring the family, and we'll take good care of you. I'm, I'm sure. I, oh, man, that sounds awesome. I, I look forward to the opportunity. You're close enough to get, get there, and uh, hopefully before the, the summer or fall is over, I'll, I'll make it make my way there we're heading out to Destin, Destin Florida in a couple of weeks so um we had uh, we're right in the line there you can come on down <laughs> yeah 14, right. 14 taps of local beer Jeff oh my gosh we didn't even talk about the beer we didn't even talk about <laughs> or, the, the or the food really or the food yeah <laughs> hey, and, and, fantastic and, menu great head chef uh great kitchen staff that uh creates some just really beautiful plates um it's all kind of centered around a build your own fry plate. We have uh, about 40 toppings that you can put on top of those fries. Yep. Sauce, cheese, veggies, uh, meats, really. Wow. Guys, people have a lot of fun with that. That is, that is awesome. I can't, I can't wait. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned beer. We almost called this show business with a beer. Uh, <laughs> I wish we had, we should have had it. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was one of them that was out there floating around and, and I, I asked a bunch of people and, you know, send out an email to all my customers trying to get feedback and, and some liked it, but, but many, some didn't, I guess. And we ended up, uh, ended up going a little more, um, a little more corporate with the local leaders podcast, but yeah, business and a business and a beer. That was, I don't mind I, that I was, at all. I was going to sit here and drink, you know, while we talked. And, <laughs> Next time, we next would have appreciated yeah. this. Uh, yeah, this should be a beer here. I wish. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. You know, ten o'clock in the morning might be a little early, but uh, not yeah. for the Irish. Right? Well, that's true. That's true. Well, again, uh, thank you guys for being on today. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this thing up and let you get get ready for your day. We do appreciate it, and um, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and and your knowledge and experiences that you've gone through. So, again, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank yes, you. sir. And to all our listeners, um, you know, we've been talking with uh, Connor and Dan Sullivan at Bumpus in Charleston, South Carolina. Again, get down there and see those guys and enjoy some some time with them. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and this has been another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode. Thank you.